Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Delbert McClinton is a hoot, you guys. This man has made so many songs that have been a part, certainly, of my life growing up. And he's gone around the world doing his thing, which is kind of this funky combination of country and soul music. Writing songs that other people then go on to have hits with. Writing songs that I can't get unstuck from my head. Giving it up for your love. Like, this man has been a part of not just mine, but so many people's lives and musical um, experiences over the years. And to get to sit down and talk to him about his approach, his experiences, his his thoughts on this whole crazy life, it is a joy. He made me laugh a lot during the interview. He said a lot of stuff that I really related to, and he said a lot of stuff that I felt like I needed to hear. So that's, to me, that's the perfect kind of a conversation in general, but certainly the perfect kind of a wheels-off conversation. Um, Just... In the spirit of full disclosure, as we get into the interview and we're having some laughs, you know, he sort of brings up the idea of, like, his perfect girl and the way he might could try to impress women by making music. And there's some what feels like very lighthearted joking around male-female relationships. I don't think it's going to trigger anybody. I don't think Delbert said anything that anybody would get mad at him about. But um, he definitely, you know, uh, is is laughing in what feels like kind of an old school way about you know love relationships, and I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't, I think it's hundred percent acceptable for anyone to listen to this. But uh, Delbert McClinton is an old soul. He comes from uh, an era in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties where music was this just. It was very different from the world we are living and working in now. 
his, uh, as you'll hear in the interview, his line of demarcation when it sort of started to go sideways was around the advent of the MTV era. And I could see, you know, the way his career lines up, why that would be a specifically problematic time. Um, I, I think he has so much really juicy, fun, inspiring stuff in this interview that I think you're going to love it. I'm so grateful that I got to speak with the great Delbert McClinton. Please welcome to Wheels Off. Welcome to Wheels Off, Delbert McClinton. Thank you so much for joining me. This is so cool. Well, thank you, Rhett. I'm glad to be here. Uh, for, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us today? Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. And uh, yeah. they can't see you, but you've got a really great uh, background of books. I love it. Are you an avid reader? Uh, well, I, I used to read more. Now I got I got to listen to audio because uh, there's no shame in that. I'm a giant. No, I didn't say there was. I didn't say there was. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying uh, I, I I do better with that now. I love the audio book because you can do something I do, else. Well, I do too. You gotta you gotta. I just wish you could hear who's going to read it, who's going to read it before you buy it. <laughs> that is true. I'll wish, go in. I'll go I in and read I'll... the reviews about it ahead of time to see what people think of the reader. But people, look, <laughs> they don't know. I don't agree with people often. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, if somebody's going to be telling you a story, you want it to be con convincing and uh, whatever, you know, just you want it to uh, make you feel like it's going to be good. And you're going to spend 12 hours with them or something or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what uh, creative project are you working on at the moment, Delbert? And how does it light you up? Well, I'm, I've, I've kind of tried. I've, I've returned to writing. I haven't written anything in two years, really. I mean, more than a line or two or something, but I got with uh, Gary Nicholson and, um, uh, and uh, uh, Sean Camp a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we started kicking it around and got a few lines and that, that's, that inspired me, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm retired from the road, but I'm not retired from music. I've, uh, I've done my time on the road and yeah. I had the best time of my life, but everything, uh, nothing lasts forever. And I sold my bus because if you're not working and you're not making enough money to pay for a bus, you need to sell your bus. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the day that I was, I was presented with the option of what I was sitting at the kitchen table, Molly, who works, well, you've, yeah. you know, she came in, she said, what are you going to do with this bus? And I hadn't really given it any, any serious consideration. I kind of sort of wanted to keep the bus and after all this COVID stuff dies down, get a few old friends and go see the American West in the bus and hoot and holler and have a good time. But I couldn't afford to keep the bus. Where am I going to put it? They're you so know? expensive. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, uh, you know, that's the only way to go. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, you got to be able to, to walk around a little bit, uh, you know, anyway, it's, it's, it's gone. And, and I'm, I'm okay. How long <laughs> have you had that one? Oh God. I don't know. Almost 15 years, I think. And it was the fourth, 
to fourth or fifth bus I owned. Do you stick with the old school Eagles or do you a Prevo? Obviously, no, probably. Uh, I, I I couldn't buy a new bus, so I had a, <laughs> I bought a ninety I bought a ninety nine Eagle. Nice, and it was, a, and it was about uh, I don't know eight or nine, ten years old. Yeah, uh, and it's it's perfect. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a Prevo. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, listen, you brought this up, and it's something I think about a lot because I'm, you know, 25, 35 years into a songwriting career. And so you, you've you recently gotten back into writing songs again, and it sounds like you've gone through periods where you've written more and written less. And I just wonder, over the years, because your perspective is so unique on this, does it always kind of fill you up and and work for you like it like it did before like is songwriting still feel as good and as vital as it always did does it do the same thing it does it does because when when you're when you're on and it's coming out nothing feels better than than that create creativity the the one that you're reaching for and you connect with it you know I, i expose myself every day to a piano or a guitar just for a few minutes to see if anything's shaking. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. But if you don't expose yourself to it, you're not going to find it. God, that's great. And, well, you know, it's got to be there, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, man, I'm, I'm just I'm living the life. You know, I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I make stuff up with people that I admire. And and that's what I've been doing mostly for the last 10 or 12 years is writing songs. I've, I've got the best band in the world, you know. And so uh, me and Bob Britt, who plays guitar, who's on the road with, with Dylan right now. Wow. So uh, we wrote uh, we wrote the last two records, me and Bob and Kevin mainly, and and uh, Mike Joyce, uh, and, a, and a couple other people here and there. But uh, uh, Bob is, is phenomenal guitar player and a phenomenal person. And we get together, and he starts playing chords, and I automatically start a melody, not words necessarily, but a melody. And uh, and it's it's been going really good for the last four or five years. So you, that's kind of. Do you use makeup filler words? Do you use la la la's when you're at that moment where it's mostly melody and you're just. Oh, I do. Or, you know, if you got if you got a lot. The other day when we sat down to write it, that's what really kicked me into gear because I hadn't I hadn't been anxious to write. But uh, we got together and I'd never sat down with Sean Camp. And uh, on that day, one of the well, the best line we had came from him. I'll give you an idea of what we were just fooling around. And after I got, we, we, we got some pretty bad lyrics when we were all together, (laughs) but we got some good ones, you know? Uh, uh, So I I came home and I rewrote that first verse and then I wrote another verse. 
And uh, well, I don't want. You don't want to give away his good line. I don't want to give away a good line. I'll just trust you. I don't want you to give it away and then regret it later. You you can trust me. (laughs) Um, man. So listen, you uh, you got started pretty young a while back. I wonder if you remember the very beginning of when you knew this was what you were going to do. Do you remember there being like an epiphany moment when you were a kid and you knew I'm going to do music for my life? No, after I'd been doing it for about 30 years, I figured that I have a great aversion to working, especially for someone else. So, uh, no, I mean, you know, it's still an epiphany. You know, fortunately, I uh, I still get excited about about writing, especially when when it starts clicking. You know, but I've spent I've spent days where you sit down with somebody and slave over a hot guitar for about three hours and come up with zip. So you know, it goes both ways. But once again, you got to expose yourself to it, or you get nada. Yeah, and you weren't working for somebody else. You weren't in an office. No, oh, no. I had a few jobs in my life, uh, but they were all a means to an end. And most of them were jobs a smart monkey could do, you know, <laughs> like uh, like delivery truck for a brake and clutch company, you know, take parts to. Uh, but uh, I spent the whole day in a pickup truck driving around writing songs. So that's what I was going to say. You could write songs while you're driving around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do well with supervision. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So it's, it seems like you have figured out a pretty good way via your own, the act of songwriting, via having good folks around that you like to collaborate with. Um, I wonder when you come, when you find like a dark place, like when you run up against like interior uh, self-generated obstacles, the kind of stuff where your own brain is trying to keep you from getting the song right or getting the, like maybe the show is going sideways and you don't feel good about it. When you come up against that kind of stuff, your own trying to um, brain or whatever it is, trying to mess yourself up, what strategies have you developed over the years to get through that? Well, you know, first of all, you have to, and you know this, you gotta, you gotta, you got to be willing to be sappy or you got to not want to be sappy. And there's, there's a fine line between really good and really stupid. And it's, it's, uh, I think you have to have a pretty good grip on that. You know, uh, if, 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 if I'm involved in writing a song, I get really involved and somebody else will be trying to say something. I'll say, no, wait, wait, listen to this. You know, and, and so I'm kind of rude in that way, but I got to say it when it comes through, you know, or it's it's gone. You know, uh, so. Uh, I don't know, I uh, I just want to make it as good as it can be. I'm not trying to satisfy anybody but me. You know, because if I I'm a pretty good judge <laughs> and if I like it, but it's not bad. It sounds to me like you like you work in the service of the song, like you you really believe in like the, there's an ideal song or of each song has its ideal form and you're working to find that. 
Well, yeah, it is. And words, you know, uh, the, the world is full of sappy songs mm -hmm. and sappy people doing them. Mm -hmm. And it's selling. So in my opinion, uh, in the last 30 years, music has really taken a nosedive. Uh, there, there's there's no content in, in a lot of the music that's very popular. Uh, it's all about in video, MTV. As soon as that started, lyrics, I think, took, took a, a bit of a dive and it was all up to yada, yada, yada and wardrobe malfunctions <laughs> and, the, and the like, you know, too many distractions. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm so, uh, there's some people out there who are making all the moves and I can't stand what they do. Yeah. And they don't seem to know what they're doing. And then you hear sappy shit. Yeah. And sappy shit is, 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 I don't want to hear sappy shit. I hate to hear a woman fart. <laughs> That's a, it just, it turns my head every which way. It, it doesn't work for anything when you're, admiring a woman Dude. same thing with songwriting if there's shitty words yeah you play shitty games you win shitty prizes do do you have a rule because you like you said it's a fine line right like you want to be able to yeah. open yourself up and be emotionally vulnerable in this song but then one step too far and you're into the world of sappiness i wonder do, do you have a rule like this is now just me asking because i need to know <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I'd hate to give anybody advice because uh, I've always thought anybody looking for advice is looking for an accomplice, you know. So I don't know. I uh, everybody's got their little mind tricks, I suppose, in writing. But uh, one of the things that I use, and uh, it might be a crutch, but it works for me, is. Uh, uh, Bad, bad grammar when used properly is poetry. And uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a hillbilly sounding guy anyway. And I grew up that way, you know, and, and I, I grew up in the night in beer joints for 60 fucking years, you know? Yeah. So uh, I know all about the creatures of the night and co-workers and working girls and uh, working girls sometimes you get uh, well you say well, i don't chase women anymore but you know hell man you, you know that if you carry a guitar case with nothing in it you're gonna attract women <laughs> and if you know how to use that you can have them before they know they've been had I don't do that, but I did do that. And well, a lot of people do music to get women. Sure. So, you know, when you boil that down to, that's what it's all about is getting her. Right. Yeah. As, as you get pretty creative <laughs> and uh, you can work out stuff that you can say that uh, might be quite, thrilling to someone who's not expecting you to be clever. <laughs> so, like you know, that. anyway, uh, 
it's, when you, it's all about it's all about the illusion. You know, the whole thing is the illusion. And we live in an illusion. We live, you know, it's it's all an illusion. And uh, I don't know. When you when you now when you go back and play some of those uh, earliest songs that you wrote, um, do you transport back to that place? Is it like does it feel like a time machine? <laughs> it does. Uh, in fact, I was I was uh, in in that time machine just this morning over some song. I can't even remember what it was now. But. Uh, oh, I know what it was. There's, there's a record about to come out pretty soon. Well, when Glenn Clark and I, we did two Delbert and Glenn records back in the 70s. Earl McGrath, and he was buddy-buddy with Ahmed Erdogan, who was Atlantic Records. So uh, uh, they found when when Earl McGrath... He had clean records, and that was what we clean a subsidiary of Atlantic. Uh, Earl McGrath and Ahmed Erdogan were asshole buddies, you know. And uh, Earl decided he wanted to get in the music business, so Ahmed backed him with, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, he fronted the money for, the, for everything. And the, the label, you know, so it's... Uh, Anyway, in, in when Earl died, they found a bunch of stuff in his closet and it's coming out on record. People who he had recorded with. And there's a version of me doing Here Come the Blues again, just me and a guitar. No way. And uh, it sounds great. Uh, I forgot what I was going to tell you about it. But... So the time machine aspect of when you go back to oh, these yeah. early songs. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I, I read something yesterday uh, about that coming out. And... Uh, he had already sent me a copy of, of the, the song, just me and acoustic guitar. And when I heard that, I went right back to that moment. Wow. Uh, which is, is really not that difficult to do if it's a good memory, you know? And, uh, and, and, the, and the cut sounds so good, but fragile. If fragile in a in a beautiful way. Uh, you would have been you would have been a teenage uh, teenager, early twenties. No, no, no. I was uh, yeah. Uh, I was no. Actually, I was thirty. Ha, well, that's still young. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had one foot nailed on the floor in Fort Worth, Texas, until nineteen seventy. Then I made a break. Screwed up some people's lives, you know. And but uh, I had to get out. You went to and, LA? Uh, yeah, of course. Where yeah. else? <laughs> Go to California, baby. You can make it there, you know, uh, just like everybody else, you know, going, going to California. And uh, we were in recording, we, we had a, a deal with, with uh, Paramount Recording Studios where we could go in on spec and record. And if the, the record got picked up, then we'd pay the cost, you know, but if, if not, it's gratis, you know, which is a pretty good deal because, you know, you've got the whole studio and the whole nine yards. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, I look back at the earliest stuff. I, I look back even even at the last record I did. And, and after it comes out, especially, even after you've tried to 
tweak everything you can. Once it's said and done, you find shit that you could make better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could have done that better than that. Why did I let that get by? I wonder so about that. So do you even still hear that in, in old stuff you listen to? Oh, yeah. Oh, especially in old stuff. <laughs> especially in the old stuff. Because I've gotten better than I ever was since I had heart surgery mm. about six, seven years ago. I felt like I'd been kicked out of my life. You know, I didn't have a heart attack. I was feeling weird. And uh, we were in Florida somewhere and our hotel room wasn't ready yet. We got in so early. So we went out to the, the grounds where the festival was going to be. So my guys could sit up everything. Well, I got to feel it real weird walking up and down the bus. And finally, I, I said, guys, you know, I think I need to go to the emergency room. Mm. And so immediately someone called, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, TMC. Thank you. Yeah, I was afraid that was what you were going to say. And so here comes this siren, you know, and, and everybody, there wasn't a lot of people, they're just workers, you know. Yeah. But uh, we got everybody's attention, and they got there, and they said, uh, they took me in the in the ambulance and checked me in this, and I said, well, we can't find anything wrong with you. He says, but if uh, if it's a heart deal, there's uh, there'd be an enzyme in your blood. And so I, they said, you really should go to the the emergency room and get your blood checked. Well, uh, I, I agreed with that, but I also thought a ride from here to the emergency room and that ambulance is going to be about $2,500. Yeah. And so I said, okay, thanks for the advice. And I turned the promoter and said, would you take me over to the, he did. The enzyme was there. The next day they cut my heart out oh. and, and did a um, triple bypass. And I recommend it to everybody, man. I came back better, stronger than I've ever been. But it was a trip getting back there. It was pretty melancholy, you know. Yeah. Wondering, I, I, I wondered, I wonder if I could still sing, you know. Mm. And just, you know, just trying to recover from that. Like I said, it was very melancholy. And I'm not a fan of melancholy. Sure. But coming back from heart surgery is, is a way to get melancholy. Well, I anyway, can, I lived and, and I'm rocking. I could see that would be scary because, like, when I think of your voice, I think it's something that you push out of you. Like, you're, to me, your voice sounds like it's coming from somewhere in the center of your mass, right? So I could see well, how yeah. a heart thing, like, and yeah, and if you couldn't sing, God, that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? Well, it would be, and, and you think of that, but, uh, uh, you know, there's so much going on during recovery from that. Yeah. Then you do a lot of thinking about a lot of things. So you don't really have time to get bogged down in any one discomfort or discombobulation because they kind of come in steady anyway. You know, every day is like, well, how am I doing today? I'm not sure, you know. Yeah. But it all got better, and I started working again, and uh, it's, it's been it's been great. Um, I wonder about this. Do you, when you listen back to that old stuff, and then you listen to the new stuff, do you feel like over the years your voice, and I mean that like literally, but also like who you are as a writer, like do you feel like your voice changed? Like you found it in the early stuff? Do you think, God, I wish I knew back then how to sing like I sing 
now yeah. or later. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm I'm much better since that surgery. Yeah. Than I was before. I knew what I wanted to do before, but I didn't have the oomph. Yeah. Somehow. After surgery, I got a lot of oomph. <laughs> and I can nail it to the wall, you know. I awesome. I I can sing against a piece of paper and hold it to the wall, you know. It's yeah. I'm broadcasting. And and it's wonderful. I'm I'm really having a good time being able to be better than I ever was. God, that's so cool. And I I mean, I believe that. I look at Willie and you know, I look at uh people that have devoted their lives to this. I think you get better, right? That's the whole point. You you get better well, as I you think get older. So, uh, uh, I, I feel like I've got to A lot of people got hurt during my life. Not a lot of people, but some people. And that's just kind of the way it goes. But you got to be able to live with that, you know. And I've not done anything I can't live with. Yeah. I think that's important because it's, memories are forever. So there comes a time when that's all you got. So you better make them good ones, you know. Uh, if but uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I. I've done it, done what I want to do my whole life and gotten better at it. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good trick. <laughs> it's, that's I what we all is. want. It is. And I was surprised to find it, but I did find it and I've been making use of it the last four or five years, last two, three records we've made. I couldn't get enough, you know, so it's all good, you know, and, uh, I'm relatively healthy. I got some shit that don't work as well as it used to, but, have some of it I don't need anyway. <laughs> I feel you like I, 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 man, I feel like I could talk to you all day because I, I feel like you're really generous with this wisdom. And I, but I wonder if you'd be willing to try and distill it. Like imagine running into a 21 year old Delbert McClinton in today's world in this messed up world of right now, what yeah. advice might you want to give 21 year old you? What? Once again, is this advice? Yeah. What advice might you give a young version of you working in today's world, living in today's world? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue what's going on in the world today musically. Don't. Uh, I know this. I know that it's 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 not it's not real like it used to yeah. be. Since 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 MTV mm -hmm. came along, you know, and uh, it's hard, especially for somebody at my age, to compete with delicious little young women yeah. that are bouncing around and hoping that their malfunction happens, so it'll kick them up a notch. Well, the visual notch says nothing for the talent. Well, even if you were to make it not be about the business, what if it was just about life? Like, what, what, what do you think, twenty-one-year-old, you could use hearing from from you now? Well, uh, I, let me tell you what I did three days ago. Uh, the, the the guy that, that has played piano with me uh, for the last twenty years, Kevin McKendrick, he's a freak. He is so good; you can put anything in front of him, and he can play it better than anybody. Stinks. His son, 19 years old, same thing. In fact, on this new record, I did everything but the Hank Williams stuff. Kevin 
and Yates played every instrument. Wow. They wow. both play better guitar than anybody, better drums than anybody, better keyboards than anybody, better bass than anybody. They're freaks. I've had them at my disposal all through COVID. Kevin's got a, 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 a studio where we made the last two records. And so I've, uh, anyway, three days ago, I went and for the first time to sit down and try to write a song with Yates. He's a phenomenal guitar player. He's, uh, I've been telling him for, he's 19. 19. And I've been telling him his whole life. He was, he was playing, he was, he's been playing since he was this tall, better than most people. It's, 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 it's amazing. Anyway, I, I kept telling him, well, you got to do start singing. Well, he started singing. So, and he's had his first love breakdown. Of course. And he's struggling through it. And uh, we sat down and I said, because I was curious as to what he would have to say. He's going through the pain of love, but he's, uh, and he's musically genius, but he's still 19 years old. Um, what do you say to a 19 years old, 19 year old genius about? So I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we could write together. We ended up doing it for about two and a half hours and got a few lines, but he's not a lyricist yet, but he wants so bad. This is what he said. He said, I want to make a great blues song. That's not sappy and is different from every other blues song. It's pretty hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but he sounds like your protege there. Well, uh, <laughs> He's a teacher. Uh, well, I, I, you know, it was important to me to sit down with him because he's going to be a giant one day. I'd like to be on his first record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's uh, that's where that's where my mind meanders these days is. Uh, and actually, he he and his dad are the only two people that I have had that access to that are so phenomenal yeah we'd go in i'd go in out there we know what we were going to do and and uh, uh and uh, all my life well, not all my life but for a long long kevin and i were talking one day and and uh he said the funniest thing he said well, i've spent my whole life trying to sound like ray charles i said me too <laughs> so we've got that in common as far and uh i love the song i want a little girl i think it's so cool. And we did an arrangement of it. Copied Ray Charles's arrangement. And uh, it was so fulfilling to me because it's a, it's a, have you heard the song? Have you heard the, you've heard the record? Yeah. You know which one yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. Just say yes. It's like, an, yeah, I do. It's like an homage. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, I've spent a lot of years doing nothing but my songs. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that influenced me. And I did a bunch of them on this record stuff. That's where I came from. This record is not all of it, but a big part of the stuff that made me want to do this in the first place. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. 
you know and i think i think people are gonna love it the new record and i'm so glad that you're that you're working and um i guess i'm glad that you're not on the road just because once you're done you're done right did that bus have a name by the way uh well it does uh the driver that was with me for a long time until he was on his farm and doing some work on a tractor and cut his foot off. But uh, he named it Rita. Wow. That's sweet. uh, And it was all his doing. I did. I didn't name it. I I just, it was the bus. It was the womb is the place where you can go where you're safe. Which bunk is yours? Driver's side, middle front? No, 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 no. I've got a stateroom in the back. Oh, of course. What was I thinking? I don't know, man. This is not a democracy. This is the Delvin <laughs> McClinton bus. <laughs> hey, hey, I bought, I, I put all new mattresses in there when I got that bus. That's nice. And, uh, <laughs> if you rode on my bus, you rode in luxury. Oh, yeah. Everybody deserves the best. And uh, so, you know, uh, you got you, you got you got to be able to to function with people when you spend a lot of time on a bus. Yeah, uh, you don't assholes just don't work. Yeah, you know. So uh, for the last 12, 15 years, I've had the perfect system for doing what I do. Everybody is so into it. Everybody's friends. Everybody is it's 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 a it's a fellowship, a brotherhood, and. Uh, that's a hard thing to put together, but if you're able to do it, you got the world by the balls. Yeah. Because you got five, six other people thinking just like you're thinking and, and, and doing it. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, yeah. it's magic. It's absolutely magic. Sometimes I feel bad because I do. I, when I talk to these uh, people, artists type people in these conversations, a lot of them are painters who work alone or novelists who work alone. And sometimes I just, I feel bad for them because they don't get the, the feeling of camaraderie and uh, collaboration that we musicians get. And it's just, it's pretty hard to beat that. It is. It's, it, it's, uh, I can't imagine anything any better, you know, uh, course you know those 15 hour bus rides i don't need any more though <laughs> no god no no but i don't i don't need any more hotel rooms with red carpet either so oh. you know uh I, but you said it right off I've, I've been there done that and i don't miss i jump on the bus today and drive them here to la with the right people yeah uh but uh you know i've done like i said been there done that and uh, I want to stay home, man, and and, and smell the, smell the bushes and the flowers and talk to the wildflowers and 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 not be committed. Yeah. To expose anybody. expose yeah. yourself to the guitar and the piano. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they'll they'll do it for you every time. Oh, Delbert, I think this is so cool. I I really feel grateful that I've gotten to talk to you. I look up to you so much and you're, you couldn't be any nicer. You, you you look great. You look so healthy and your smile is, I just love it, man. This has been a real pleasure. Uh, Well, it's been a pleasure for me, Red. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. 
That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Osiris. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The The Corner Corner of Gray Street. Street.